On January 10th, Governor Hochul delivers the annual State of the State address, where she lays out her priorities for the upcoming year. Generally, the State of the State is considered where you announce the good news, and then some of the tougher news comes with the budget a few uh, weeks later. But it definitely sets the overview for the uh, session. So we're joined by uh, Blair Horner uh, of the New York Public Interest Research Group, a longtime uh, advocate at the state capitol. Blair, what are some of the expectations, perhaps, uh, for what uh, Governor Hochul will be addressing in this year's State of the State? Well, you, uh, you sort of set it up right, Mark, in the sense that the state of the state is um, more uh, a self-congratulatory uh, speech than anything else. I mean, typically, the um, the number of years a governor is governor, the longer list of how happy they are with their performance goes in the speech. And so the speech typically has sort of component parts. One is thanking the legislature for being so great about all these wonderful victories that they want to cover. Uh, there's usually then some sort of section that covers, uh, you know, items that will have some regional appeal to help the local regional media uh, cover the event. And then the vision part of it, which is where they want to go. It's very rare that bad news shows up in the state of the state address. The only time that those really happen is if the new is a newly elected governor following a governor of the other political party. So I think, you know, some of the stuff the governor's already telegraphed, she's talked a lot about the need for additional housing. She's talked about somewhere in the neighborhood of 100, 800,000 uh, housing units that she'd like to see happen. I expect that there'll be something on that. I'll expect that there'll be something on uh, public safety, um, how she she's going to want to tackle that. I don't know. But uh, she, you know, the Democrats took their lumps on the issue in the November elections on that. And so they she may feel compelled to do something about that. Um, I think there'll be a, a section on climate change, largely following up on the uh, report issued by the Climate Action Council last month. What she'll choose to talk about, my guess, will be on the more on the um, uh, visionary, vague <laughs> environmental goals of the state and not really get into the details, as you referenced earlier, the details usually follow in the budget. So I think it'll be uh, those are the types of things and that she will avoid uh, you know, the elephant in the room, which is, you know, how do you pay for programs and the state's looming uh, financial uh, problems that are expected in the next few years? Now, even though uh, Governor Hochul is the incumbent, obviously she replaced um, Governor Cuomo after he resigned. So this is, you know, she went to an election where she had to, you know, get reelected, um, did not do as well as she anticipated or anybody else anticipated, only won a little bit more than 5% of the vote. So you assume that may make her a little bit more cautious, and we may also see a little bit more of her uh, actual policies emerging now that she doesn't have to face a reelection. You, you know, what are some of your priorities being for, from, from NYPERG that uh, you, you mentioned the environment, but you obviously do a lot of work on consumer and uh, education issues. You know, what are the things that NYPERG would be looking for going forth this year? Well, you know, there's uh, there are things that we would like to see in the state of the state address and we would like to see embraced by the governor and the legislature. But of course, we have no idea if they will. Uh, you're right. We have a number of issues in the area and environment, particularly the area of climate change, uh, where we have issues dealing with um, trying to make the oil companies pick up the tab for climate damages uh, to move the state toward a speedier program of requiring new 
building construction to, to use electric power instead of gas power to uh, heat the buildings, um, to deal with solid waste issues, to have a really good extended producer responsibility program and an expansion of the 40-year-old this year uh, bottle deposit law. There's a big issue in the area of higher education, which is really financial, uh, and that is that so many of the colleges, both public and private, are teetering on the financial brink because of years of state disinvestment. Um, the Casanova College, for example, just uh, mentioned, I think it was about a month or so ago, announced that they're closing their doors because they can't make it. And uh, there are public colleges that are in bad shape too financially. So I, I, we're sort of hoping that the governor will use this um, her state of the state, but certainly her budget is an opportunity to sort of uh, help restore those because not only are those colleges important for future generations of citizens and employees, uh, but there are also little mini economic engines for their regions. And if they go, they have to close up, it has a severe adverse impact. So those are some, uh, in, certainly in the area of healthcare, we'll be looking at ways to uh, sort of deal with that. I mean, in, you know, people that don't have access to health insurance or inadequate health insurance. And in the area of democracy, we're going to be looking for ways to uh, help uh, the state do a better job of getting voter participation. Even all the changes that have happened so far, New York was still below the national average in terms of voter participation. The state will have a voluntary system of public financing that's gone starting already. The state has to fund it. So there's a number of issues all across the board uh, that we'll be looking at and hoping that the governor embraces, or uh, if not, that the legislature forces uh, in the months ahead. Yeah, I, I had wanted to talk to you about the issue of public campaign financing or partial public campaign financing. So it's an issue that Nyberg has worked on for many years. And as you said, it is going to start this year. Um, Hochul really developed a reputation of being a pretty aggressive fundraiser. It was pretty blunt with some of the lobbyists. You know, you want me to show up at a fundraiser, you know, guarantee me $100,000 <laughs> and I'm there, which seems to be a pretty... Uh, you know, pay to play uh, type of approach. So do you want to quickly maybe outline what this uh, partial public campaign financing is going to be? And, and what are some of the, you know, unleft business that needs to happen to reduce the influence of special interest money at the Capitol? Well, uh, let me work in reverse order. Thanks to the U.S. Supreme Court, it's hard to do anything about the wealthy and powerful having influence over political policy and economic decisions in the country. I mean, the U.S. Supreme Court has basically argued, and I can't find it in the Constitution anywhere, but that the uh, your uh, right to petition the government and to speak your mind uh, can be measured in how wealthy you are. Uh, so that somehow that having money and spending it to influence elections uh, and policymaking is a, is a protected speech under the U.S. Constitution. So it's hard. Uh, but you're right that the governor was um, very aggressive in terms of getting the lobbying core and those with business before the government to fork over the campaign contributions so that she was able to raise a lot of money in record time. And she still almost lost because her opponent uh, was blessed uh, with independent uh, campaigns that supposedly ran without coordination with his uh, that spent mil tens of millions of dollars to help him. It's a terrible system. Uh, so the, the voluntary system of public financing, they didn't just take New York City has had a program in place now for 40 years. And 
what lawmakers did in Albany is they didn't just expand the program that they know how it works. They sort of dreamt up a new one on their own. So we'll see how it figure, works out. The uh, idea for this system really comes from uh, a proposal advanced by uh, Democratic State Democratic Party Chair Jay Jacobs. We'll see how it all works out. But it's basically a system where the smaller the amount that you donate, the larger the public match. So if you give up to 50 bucks, for example, it gets every dollar gets matched with $12. And as it goes up in the size of donation up to about $250, there's a match, but the match goes down. But and that should help in challengers to have access to money uh, and able to run for office. But it doesn't necessarily do much about um, a governor who wants to use the powers of incumbency to raise money or somebody who wants to use wealthy billionaires outside of the political pro outside of government to fund their effort in an independent fashion. Now, now we so only have a min minute left. Right. I'm going to ask you a question that's impossible to answer in a minute. But you mentioned the climate, you get this new new plan proposal. You got two new chairs of the Assembly and Senate Environmental Committee. What are quickly, what are going to be some of the flashpoints on the environment in 45 seconds? I think the big issue is going to be who pays for the, the various programs. The state is going to be facing costs of tens of billions of dollars, easily $100 billion in spending over the next decade to deal with the damages caused by the climate. Who's going to pay for it? Tax, the New York taxpayers or someone else? We think it should be the oil companies. Okay. If people want more information about NYPERG, website? NYPERG.org. We've been talking to Blair Horner. Uh, Executive Director of NYPERG, and this has been Mark Dunley for the Hudson Mohawk Magazine.